from briancates.substack.com, news of the week. It's hard to keep up, but I'll take a stab at it. Here's a brief, haha, joke, summary of the events of the past seven days or so as I struggle along with everybody else to keep pace with developments on about five different news fronts. It's now official. The deep state has no answer for Elon Musk. Jack Posobiec tweets, The owner of Twitter 2.0 is saying things publicly that would have gotten you banned instantly on Twitter 1.0. For example, Elon Musk, quote, I strongly disagree, forcing your pronouns upon others when they didn't ask, and implicitly ostracizing those who don't is neither good nor kind to anyone. As for Fauci, he lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. Not awesome, in my opinion. Elon Musk, as the new Twitter owner and CEO, is now overtly saying things on his account that would have led to an instant ban under the old regime. He hasn't completely remodeled the entire company yet in the 40 days he's been in charge, but he's off to one hell of a start. Elon Musk on Twitter. The branch Covidians are upset, lol. You want more? Musk now telling his 120 million followers and hundreds of millions who don't follow him that he agrees we are in some kind of mass awakening event after having been subjected to a mass formation psychosis that is going to destroy the woke mind virus. On Twitter, Luke Rudkowski, quote, We are either in a mass awakening event or a total collapse of society. Elon Musk responds, exactly. Elon Musk, the woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters. And then Musk sent another massive signal out into the American public square. Elon Musk my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. Dave Lee responds, Will this be explained in a new Twitter files part? Elon Musk, yes. Elon, serious question. Do you regret getting the COVID vaccine? Elon Musk, first one was fine, but the booster knocked me flat for days. Way worse than when I got original COVID-19 and was unvaccinated. It's impossible to overstate the impact of that. But I tried. Massive vaccine red pill just delivered. Number of normies who saw it in the hundreds of millions directly signals that it is okay to talk about vaccine side effects, dangers, and deaths on Twitter now because the CEO is doing it himself. We're in a strange situation right now where the billionaire who bought Twitter is deliberately exposing all of the company's secrets and red-pilling hundreds of millions of people who don't follow conservative news outlets. Former top company executives and key staff are being completely exposed via Twitter's internal documentation, emails, letters, filings, and most importantly, the Twitter internal Slack messaging system. Since these are company messages and documents sent over company-run messaging systems, they are company property, and employees have no expectation of privacy. Ironic, no?
I initially saw comments on Truth Social where people were confused and upset that Musk only seemed to be giving these explosive scoops to left-leaning journalists, but that missed a crucial point. The worst mistake Elon could have made would have been to give the release of the Twitter files to people like Dan Bongino, Dinesh D'Souza, James O'Keefe, or Charlie Kirk. That would allow the Mockingbird media to instantly and easily dismiss the Twitter files. Most of the information never would have made it out of the conservative echo chamber. They're still trying to dismiss the scandal, of course, but they're having to work so much harder at it. Because... All the normies on Twitter can see it's not coming out via massive Trump Booster Club members. Far from it. The Twitter Files Part 3, deplatforming the president, Matt Taibbi, responded to by Jerry Rig Everything. I dunno, man. Legally, Trump lost 63 election lawsuits pertaining to the make-believe fraud situation. If even the courts threw out his cases, it seems like Twitter was pretty justified with the ban. Crazy guys in the town square don't have to be amplified. Elon Musk responds, Do I think Trump would have lost anyway? Yes. And as a reminder, I supported Biden, Hillary, and Obama. Nonetheless, election interference by social media companies obviously undermines the public's faith in democracy and is wrong. Here's your reminder that nobody exposing the old Twitter regime in the Twitter files scandal is any kind of Trump bandwagon fan. Is Elon Musk a massive rah-rah-rah Trump cheerleader? No. How about Matt Taibbi? Is he a big Trump supporter? No. Well, uh, okay, how about Barry Weiss? At least tell me that she... No. All right, then, what about Michael Schellenberger? Is he? No. None of them are Trump fans. They're all Democrats, historically, and that's why the Twitter files are so powerful. If they could stop Musk from doing what he's doing, wouldn't they have stopped him by now? It's becoming apparent that they don't have an answer or any really effective countermove yet. The old house is dead. All hail the new house. The J6 committee has now delayed the release of its report five times. Or is it six? I lost count. Ah, well. Everybody on that committee is going to run for cover and hunt themselves a hole once the Democrats lose control of it and Miss Piggy won't be there anymore. The drunken mafia princess will still be there after having the speaker's gavel pried from out her bony hands. I'm really looking forward to that moment. How about you? This all happens in less than a month. Is this a good time to remind everyone that Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro were referred to the DOJ for criminal prosecution, subsequently were indicted, and are headed to trial next year for the crime of refusing subpoenas to appear before Congress to testify under oath? And that Jack Dorsey actually went to Congress and testified under oath, and it's now proven that he perjured himself when he testified under oath that Twitter wasn't shadow-banning anyone, including conservatives? Right now, 
As Democrats lose control of the House in less than a month, certain people, giggle snort, are really, really wishing they'd managed to stop Elon Musk from buying Twitter. They are also really wishing they hadn't pursued criminal charges against Bannon and Navarro for defying a congressional subpoena. Because when Jack and former Twitter staff get congressional subpoenas to come testify to the committees under oath, guess what's going to happen? No, really, take a wild guess. They're all going to defy the subpoenas. I'd be surprised if any of them voluntarily show up. Also, all you anons out there, you need to focus your attention on the guy who immediately leaped to try to scrub his entire existence off of the internet once he was exposed in Twitter Files 3.0. Patrick Conlon. He instantly scrubbed his Twitter and other social media accounts, including his LinkedIn, but journalist Andy No caught him at it. Andy No on Twitter. Breaking! Seconds ago, Twitter elections and crisis response lead Patrick Conlon wiped his LinkedIn detailing his past intelligence work in the U.S. Department of Defense. He was implicated in the latest Twitter files by Matt Taibbi. But I have an archive. Patrick Conlon. He, him. Threat Intelligence and I.O. Investigator, Washington, D.C.-Baltimore area. 390 connections, intelligence analyst and linguist, United States Department of Defense, June 2013 through May 2019, six years, Washington, D.C. metro area. Dorsey, Gotti, Roth, Conlon, Bakipur, Pickles, they're all going to get subpoenas. And they're all very likely going to defy them. Understand what you've been watching for the past year. You've been watching the setup. Defying a congressional subpoena is a very, very bad thing to do, and Bannon and Navarro are headed for criminal trials right now to prove that point. Thank you for establishing that precedent, Democrats and Department of Justice. You guys have been swell. We'll take it from here. Merry Christmas. Bannon and Navarro will likely get some slap on the wrist, fine community service at worst, or have their cases tossed out before trial because they didn't really do anything and the J6 committee was just one long, ugly fishing expedition in search of a crime. Meanwhile, the entire country gets to watch more and more evidence roll out of the manifest crimes going on at Twitter as Roth, Gotti, Dorsey, Conlon, and all the rest lawyer up and defy the subpoenas they'll be sent. They do not want to come to Congress and testify under oath now that Twitter's own documentary evidence is going to be rubbed in their faces. What does Merrick Garland do 
when he's very publicly sending both Bannon and Navarro to criminal trials early next year for defying subpoenas, when Congress sends him new criminal referrals for Twitter executives defying subpoenas. Ignore them. When the direct evidence of what these goons were doing keeps being dropped in public view by Musk, no evidence that either Bannon or Navarro were ever involved in any criminal act or activity has ever surfaced. But they defied congressional subpoenas issued by the January 6th committee ordering them to appear to answer questions under oath. Congress then made two criminal referrals to the DOJ and Garland agreed that defying a congressional subpoena is a criminal act. And so both men were indicted and are headed to trial. Contrast that with what's going on with Twitter right now. While Bannon and Navarro never had any smoking gun emerge tying them to any criminal activity on January 6th or at any other time, they were subpoenaed by the Congress and they refused to appear to testify under oath, direct, solid, uncontestable documentary evidence of criminal acts are emerging from the Twitter files scandal. Musk himself, as the new CEO, is exposing the evidence. When Congress subpoenas the former Twitter regime and they defy their subpoenas, the table is set. Garland has no real excuse for not filing indictments and prosecuting those who refuse to appear. Game over! As if to prove my point, while the January 6th committee has dug and searched and leaked and frantically scrambled to find something, anything, to the Trump, Bannon, Navarro, etc., to the Capitol riot for over a year now, and came up empty. No evidence was ever found. Elon is practically trolling the bad guys about what he's doing. He's handing the evidence to people who will use it. It will lead to subpoenas, likely by the end of January. Elon Musk on Twitter. Twitter's darkest secrets. Elon. And he hammered the point home again today. Two hours ago, he tweeted this. This is 48 hours ago. January 6th committee was a witch hunt in desperate search of an actual crime by Trump and his inner circle. They failed. They got nothing. The Twitter files committee that's going to be formed in January of 2023 to investigate this scandal is going to start with a fucking ton of solid, documented, uncontestable evidence from Twitter's own internal files. Be of good cheer, little flock. Elon Musk on Twitter, December 10th, 2022. Twitter is both a social media company and a crime scene. Now, Musk is agreeing with Laura Logan that the people on the former Trust and Safety Council should be held responsible for their inaction on the CSE underground market that operated on Twitter for more than a decade. Lara Logan on Twitter. While you sat on that council, children were being trafficked and you knew it and at best did nothing. You should not just be able to walk away. You should be held accountable. 
Elon Musk. Indeed, shame on them. This leads me directly to the next fascinating development I want to talk about. Elon Musk now practically daring the gay Jewish former head of Twitter's Trust and Safety Council to sue him. Jack Posobiec on Twitter. If only there had been some sort of warning signs about Yoel Roth. And then this. Yoel Roth, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? First, Musk called Roth the real CEO of Twitter who was actually running the company. Even when Jack Dorsey was still there, Musk is claiming Roth was the de facto CEO up until the moment he was fired and shown the door. Mike Solana on Twitter. One bizarre element of the Twitter story, it's pretty clear at this point the trust and safety team was effectively running the entire company. Elon Musk... Absolutely. The real CEO was the head of Trust and Safety, December 9th, 2022. That was followed by Musk throwing a massive spotlight on Roth's exceedingly strange behavior. Eliza Blue on Twitter. I think I may have found the problem, Elon Musk. Referring to Yoel Roth's tweet, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? Elon Musk responds, this explains a lot. Elon Musk on Twitter. Looks like Yoel is arguing in favor of children being able to access adult internet services in his PhD thesis. December 10th, 2022. As the Twitter files 4.0 began to be dropped by journalist Michael Schellenberger, I posted this to my Truth Social account. I've been telling you Jack Dorsey wasn't really running Twitter when he was there. He certainly wasn't the last few years before he left. This is what Elon Musk is showing you. He's showing you the evidence of who was really in charge of the company. And it wasn't the deadhead, hippie frontman boy wonder they stuck out front as a cover story, the documentary Evidence coming out shows you who was making the big decisions from 2016 to just a few weeks ago. It wasn't this guy, Jack Dorsey. The internal Slack messages give it away. Roth is making all the big decisions. Not once does anybody say, wait, we can't make this decision. We have to get Jack to approve this. Nobody takes anything to Jack for a decision. They take everything to either Roth or Gaudi. Some people are so blinded by the Jack hate, they can't look past it to see what was really going on at that company. That's the point. That's a front man's job to distract you and hide the people behind him. Lol. And the very first thing Schellenberger brings up is that the week all the shit was going down, January 4th through 8th, 2021, Jack, just by some strange coincidence, was far, far away from Twitter HQ on vacation in French Polynesia. Yup. 
So the same people handling everything when he wasn't on vacation ended up handling the banning of a sitting United States president. You're shocked, right? While Dorsey may have been in the running, been, been running, been in running, while Dorsey may have been in running the company at the start, it's becoming clear as more internal documentation is released that he was either talked into taking a back seat by 2012 or he was shown he had no real choice in the matter. By 2016, he'd become a figurehead if he was ever in charge at all. I also made this observation once the Twitter files 4.0 were being done, being released. In the last two days, Musk claimed that Roth was the real CEO and then essentially said he's covered in shame for not having dealt with the CSE issue in all the years he was head of Twitter's trust and safety, leading to Elon having to get it done in less than three weeks with a skeleton crew. Now he's pointing out that Roth seems to have a weird fixation on age of consent laws. He seems to be practically daring Roth to sue him. By putting Roth out front, Musk encouraged people to begin researching him. It didn't take long for some eye-opening stuff to emerge. Yoel Roth on Twitter May 23rd, 2014. The history of locative media needs to acknowledge its early adopters, namely gay men. The homosexualization of mobile communication. Sharona Pearl responds, Oh, so it wasn't the Jews who controlled the media, but the gays? Can I tweet that? To be safe. Kidding, people, kidding. Yoel Roth responds, the Jews got old media. The gays knew. Yoel Roth on Twitter, December 20th, 2012, was sent an otter crossing flyer by a member of my dissertation committee. A twink with a beard doth not a bear make. Yoel Roth. September 24th, 2012. I enjoy having the kinds of meetings where Googling gay bareback porn is considered academic work. April 20th, 2011. A member of my cohort at Penn has proposed co-founding a blog called Hackers and Porn. Needless to say, I'd be writing the porn side. December 1st, 2015. Twitter will live to porn another day. Thing I just yelled loudly at work. September 21st, 2011, doing research on Craigslist sex discussion boards begs the question, main browser or porn browser? November 13th, 2014, shout out to age drag and toddlers and tiaras in class just now. You have a hit on your hands. June 1st, 2011, retweets otterific, muscle bear with beard, hot. Muscle bear with beard, holding a child, inexplicably hotter. January 26, 2013. I think I've found my calling, and it is writing dialogue for chef-themed porn. March 4, 2011. Grad student I'm staying with. You're not that innocent. I know about your secret dirty Twitter account. Guilty as charged!
March 12th, 2011. My secret dirty Twitter account, now at least 60% dirtier, thanks to its new picture. Otterific. Can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? What was Elon Musk saying about Roth's priorities in running the Twitter Trust and Safety Council as the real CEO of the company when, for all of Roth's time in charge, nobody ever got a handle on the child pornography and child sexual exploitation criminal underground trade on the platform? Why is Jack nowhere to be seen? Why does he not even briefly stick his head in the room when these historic discussions about banning a sitting president of the United States are happening? And he's not even there when the decision is made. Under Twitter's previous woke regime, someone like Yoel Roth was untouchable. He was, one, a top executive, two, Jewish, three, openly gay. Under the previous circumstances, Elon, very publicly and enthusiastically going after a Jewish gay millennial, would have provoked a very loud and very large backlash. He'd be branded both an anti-Semite and a homophobe, among other approbations. But, far from bowing to the peer pressure of the woke corporate mob and their pet astroturfed activists, Musk is going at them head on. Brian Cates on Truth Social. The whole time everybody was focusing on frontman Jack Dorsey, this creep was actually running the place. And that became even more obvious in the internal company documentation once Jack stepped down. We are about five minutes from Mockingbird Media screaming Musk is anti-Semitic for exposing Yoel Roth being the real CEO of Twitter until Musk forced him out. Should be clear by now. Musk isn't intimidated at all and is pressing forward even though the usual suspects are going to come after him using all their woke catchphrases. If Musk could be intimidated, he wouldn't go after Roth. That he did is sending a message to some people. Here comes COVID. Once the Twitter Files 4.0 thread is concluded, I made an observation that turned out to be prescient. After what I've seen in the last week, I'm sensing we're building to something even bigger with Twitter. The bad guys are frantically looking for something to kill the momentum, but literally every day, Elon and those working with him manage to blow up the news cycle and put new revelations in front of all the normies on Twitter that drive it home. It's being carefully rolled out in a way that commandeers the national spotlight. They can't stop it. The years of the former staff shielding child sexual exploitation networks and the underground child pornography trade that was going on there is being fully exposed. The iron-fisted narrative control that resulted in outright election interference in suppressing and shadow-banning candidates running for office. Twitter staff working hand-in-glove with government agencies to drive narrative control for the Democrats and censor political opposition. I'll bet COVID pandemic stuff is coming too before this is over. 
The Fauci files are coming. Late in the night, after the Twitter files 4.0 dropped, Musk began foreshadowing what was coming next. First, he unleashed a meme in which the director of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is shown as the Lord of the Rings villain, Grima Wormtongue, as he beguiles King Theoden, who has Joe Biden's face. Just one more lockdown, my king. As if that wasn't provocative enough, Musk soon followed up by tweeting this. My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. And, as if to make it crystal clear on where he stood when it comes to the lab leak theory origin of the COVID virus, a theory that Fauci played a direct role in trying to banish from the public square, Musk later stated, I strongly disagree. Forcing your pronouns upon others when they didn't ask, and implicitly ostracizing those who don't, is neither good nor kind to anyone. As for Fauci, he lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. Not awesome, in my opinion. Viva Frey tweets, Pretty sure Elon Musk wants to criminalize Fauci because Fauci lied under oath, engaged in gain-of-function research in a Chinese lab, jeopardized the entire planet, and arguably contributed to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. But, nice straw man, Richie Torres. Elon Musk responds, correct. Musk was then directly asked if the public would get the Twitter files on COVID and gave his response. Oh, it is coming. Big time. I then commented after seeing that. You know he's going to drop the concrete evidence Fauci was engineering multiple cover-ups and censorship campaigns with the help of Twitter's old regime, right? About, one, COVID-19 virus origins as an engineered bioweapon. Two, the gain-of-function research paid for with U.S. tax dollars in Wuhan. Three, COVID-19 effective early treatments. Four, COVID-19 experimental RNA shot dangers and side effects. The woke brigade is already screaming loudly over there because they can see it coming, and yet they can't stop it. Musk then again affirmed that there would be a new Twitter files release detailing why Dr. Anthony Fauci should be prosecuted. On Twitter, Robbie Starbuck says the tide is turning against wokeness. Elon Musk responds, many battles remain, but yes, the tide is starting to turn on the mortal threat to civilization that is the woke mind virus. Having read Robert Kennedy Jr.'s excellent book, The Real Anthony Fauci, I can say this with almost absolute certainty. Fauci has spent 40 years overtly blacklisting his critics in the medical science community, wrecking entire careers. So the chances little Lord Fauci wasn't directing Twitter staff to specific accounts of doctors and medical scientists contradicting his official and false narratives that he wanted banned and censored is zero percent. 
The amount of information that was censored and suppressed over the past three years is truly astonishing. Austere Wyatt won on Truth Social. Three years in, and I just learned this now. I am stunned, but not surprised. This is Christine Grady. She is the head of National Institutes of Health Bioethics. They're the company that approves drugs for the FDA. This is her husband, Anthony Fauci. This is going down in the history books as one of the few times the crimes were just as bad as the cover-up. Fauci played a direct role in a criminal conspiracy in creating a bioweapon that leaked from a lab in Wuhan and went on a worldwide rampage and killed millions. He and his fellow conspirators then compounded that crime against humanity with an even more awful crime against humanity, hiding real cures and treatments to unleash a deadly vaccine regimen on the world. Rand Paul tweeted, Fauci's resignation should not prevent a full-throated investigation into the origins of the pandemic. He must be required to testify under oath regarding any discussions he participated in concerning the Wuhan lab leak. His policies destroyed lives. Headline, Party of Science. Anthony Fauci says vaccines lacking full FDA approval merely a technical issue. Almost every single family in America has been and is being affected by these crimes against humanity. When the concrete documented evidence is rolled out about how hard Fauci and his co-conspirators co-conspirators work hand in glove with, with Twitter's old regime at these cover-ups of their crimes, a mass awakening event will reach and pass a tipping point. This is how we get to Nuremberg 2.0. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis may have started the ball rolling on that when he revealed at a medical roundtable on the morning of Tuesday, December 13th, that he was asking the Florida Supreme Court to empanel a grand jury to investigate the COVID vaccines and the numerous injuries and deaths they have caused. But now that they've lost control of Twitter, and it's all coming out, the one-stop messaging and narrative control shop that they were using for so many different crises, they're doomed. In just the last 24 hours, two of the biggest, most well-known medical doctors who became frontline critics in this information war against little Lord Fauci had their Twitter accounts unlocked. Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough. Why? It's almost as if this is all being timed to, nah, couldn't be. The mainstream media is now almost completely dead. The Fauci files may very well finish it off. Imagine the biggest freaking scandal of all time breaks sometime in the next few weeks. It goes viral on Twitter and millions more people not in the conservative bubble notice that the usual media suspects either completely ignore it or only cover it in order to lie about it or dismiss it. 
The more times we force them into that situation, the weaker they get. They're not getting stronger. We're getting stronger. Their days are truly numbered. This is an issue millions of families in America care about. They lost loved ones. They lost their businesses. Their children were made to suffer. This very well could be what breaks the programming at last. Another key part of breaking the programming just happened on Twitter. Getting hard out here for a bot. Elon Musk tweets, The bots are in for a surprise tomorrow. Michael Saylor responds, The interesting question is what percentage of toxic behavior on Twitter is driven by sick bots rather than healthy people? It is quite possible that the vast majority of critical, malicious, and divisive discourse is driven by a few diabolical actors driving large bot armies. Elon Musk responds, That's my guess. Small number of humans with large bot troll armies. We are shutting down IP addresses of known bad actors today. Should have been done long ago. And Cernovich says, you're going to find that the bot armies are primarily a left-wing creation with input from pro-war think tanks. This is from a all-conservatives-are-propped-up-by-Russian-bots account. That account already saw impressions drop by half after the initial Twitter bot purge. True. Cernovich is correct. Most of the bot traffic on Twitter is driven by a handful of individuals, and these people had a very bad day. And Elon is getting this massive bot purge done after he fired two-thirds of Twitter's staff and hundreds more quit in a huff when he introduced a new work ethic at the company calling for harder and longer hours from the employees, say... Does anybody remember when the former Twitter executive board represented to Musk in official contract negotiations and then in a lawsuit in court that bots made up less than half percent, 5% of the platform's accounts? Because I sure do. Elon wiped 1.5 billion bot backup accounts as part of one big purge and may have removed Billions more earlier. Elon ain't publicly discussing it right now, but the issue of whether or not Twitter's former executive board was telling the truth in the contract negotiations and in their lawsuit against Musk about bots comprising less than 5% of the accounts on Twitter has been answered. It's clear now that Twitter's board lied to Musk in both official contract negotiations and in official court filings in their lawsuit. Just a question of when he rolls out evidence of that. Everybody who told you the Twitter board had the upper hand in this, going to, in this is going to end up eating crow. Also remember this column, link in the article, that I wrote where Greg Phillips revealed a cool way you can trace where the bot armies are coming from. Third-party geofencing tracking location services. Yes, they exist. You can literally buy social media locations off of phones, and it's not hard to spot 
when one small building somewhere supposedly has 500,000 active Twitter accounts coming out of it? Perceptive comment here. General Carlos Q17, quote, and there it is, shutting down bad IPs, just as I posted earlier. He does not reveal all of his cards there because he can see the MAC addresses of the accounts too on the main servers. He limits those or blocks those equals game over for anybody with multiple accounts off the same IP or MAC address. On the server itself, they can limit the connections or accounts per IP or MAC address. They can set up auto-ban on logins of multiples, end quote. Shutting down the bot accounts is only part of what you have to do to get rid of them. The other half is spotting what IP addresses are creating them and sending them at you. And I'm pretty sure after the big bot purge at the end of November, Musk and his engineering team spent two weeks tracking the bot farms, ISPs, and MAC addresses as they went about reconstituting their bot armies. And then Musk lowered the boom. He's not only killing their bots, he's shutting off their multiple ISPs and identifying their VPNs by rooting into the MAC addresses. FTX scandal continues to grow with Sloppy Boy Wonder's arrest. This scandal took an interesting turn. The day after Sam Bankman-Fried said he didn't think he'd be arrested, he got arrested. Brian Cates on Truth Social. Aw, gee, looks like SBF's plan to testify remotely to Maxine Waters' congressional committee tomorrow from his penthouse in the Bahamas has hit a slight snag because he was just arrested and I'm pretty sure that means the deal to extradite his ass back to the U.S. has already been negotiated. The hot take on this arrest is that this is a huge blow to transparency because now SBF won't answer all of the tough questions the members of our U.S. Congress were supposedly going to ask him when he testified to them remotely from his penthouse in the Bahamas. Steve Bannon on Getter. SBF arrested on the eve of his testimony before House Republicans, where they were prepared to put him through the changes about his role as the chief money launderer for the Democratic Party. No coincidences. Abe Hamaday on Twitter Sam Bankman-Fried was scheduled to testify to the House Financial Services Committee in Washington tomorrow. Instead, the U.S. District for the Southern District of New York arrested him in the Bahamas. As a former prosecutor, this doesn't make much sense. You want him to talk. Look how effortlessly the narrative segues from he'll never be arrested to his arrest doesn't mean anything. I have a different take. We skipped the useless formalities. This goon's crimes are already well documented, and so, what do you think SBF would have said or admitted to in front of Congress tomorrow? Do you think he'd have flipped on anybody or really revealed anything if he could help it? He'd have had a lawyer making sure he didn't reveal anything. I've spent over a month seeing the damning evidence of what he did being covered, even in the mainstream press, 
While Democrats were in charge of that committee, they weren't going to allow any of that evidence to be presented. Democrats were engineering that whole thing so he could sit there and sob that he was some kind of victim who lost control and still doesn't really understand where it all went wrong, etc., etc. Could Republicans on the committee have gotten him to stray off that script? I kind of doubt it. With Democrats running it, nothing much was going to happen. As if to prove my point, Maxine Waters, the current, for a few weeks longer, chair of the House Financial Services Committee, had to be interrupted when she tried prematurely to end the hearing and get reminded by Republican Representative Lance Gooden that the witnesses can be asked questions by committee members. Greg Price on Twitter LMFAO, Maxine Waters tried to end the FTX hearing before Representative Lance Gooden got a chance to question the witnesses who had to remind her that all the members of a committee are entitled to questions. SBF's arrest wasn't the only recent development. Turns out he spent the past few years buying himself cover for his shenanigans with the financial crypto press. First thing SBF's handlers likely did when they were setting all this up back from 2017 to 2019 was have him buy the silence of most of the media that could have exposed FTX slash Alameda before the collapse. Watcher.guru on Twitter just in. Sam Bankman-Fried secretly funded crypto news site The Block. Axios reports. Wanna bet? In addition to sending billions to the Uniparty the last four years, SBF was also buying off most crypto financial reporting outlets with tons of sweet, sweet cash. Expect to see some variation of this headline several times in the future. Quote, Turns out SBF was secretly funding the crypto financial news outlet, fill in the blank. Media, complicitly, Complicity in hiding what was going on at FTX is just a new, fascinating facet of the ever-growing scandal.